If you have a Bible, open it to Mark chapter 10. Here in Crossroads, we're going through the Gospel of Mark, and you're joining us at the perfect point. Uh, So far, Jesus has done many miracles and uh, fought against so much opposition, but the crowds are still surrounding him, and his disciples are still on a path to learning. And the passage that we happen to be in this morning in the providence of God is Mark chapter 10, right before the the purpose statement of Mark, Mark 10, 45, when Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. That's where we're headed. We'll be there in just a few weeks. Uh, We have a rich young man to, to look at next week, but this week in Mark 10, Verse 13 through 16, I think this is the perfect passage to just provide you a few brief thoughts to think about what it means to be childlike. What's happening is Jesus just finished talking about divorce and the inviolability of marriage. Contrary to everything, the religious, different understanding of divorce and remarriage, that marriage was God's plan, a permanent plan, and that it was not incompatible with discipleship, what he's been teaching his disciples all along. And now he takes this opportunity to talk, not for the first time, but the second time, to his disciples about the place of children in the kingdom. And the reason I think this is so crucial is because of exactly why you're here today. So let me read the text, Mark 10, verses 13 to 16. It says, And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And then he took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. This is the very word of the living God. Are you feeling pretty grown up? Are you ready to leave your adolescence behind? You ready to be on your own two feet, autonomy right in front of you? Your driver's license is starting to get a little bit scuffed because you have been moving towards independence for a while. Becoming a college student is one of the hallmarks of adulthood. And in a culture with very diverse views of children, the covetous nature of being an adult, of being independent, of being increasingly autonomous, to be free from uh, the rules and restrictions that you met when you were a teenager, to be even to, to study what you want to study to a certain degree, to set your own schedule, to Uh, make a new group of friends. This is all part of becoming a college student and becoming a young adult, though it's still many years until you'll be able to legally and easily rent a car. You are a grown-up. You can fight and die for your country 
in most cases, and you can uh, exercise your right to vote. Uh, These things mark adulthood in our society. And when you're in college, especially when you're starting out, you can still look back and see those child working microphones. Uh, Or um, maybe you you think of those days as, as you're very glad that they're behind you. But what Jesus has to say to each one of you today is his sincere hope for you. In fact, his demand of you is that you remain childlike in a very particular way. I don't know if there's a verse in the New Testament that's more manipulated and misunderstood than these verses in Mark chapter 10. Our Presbyterian brothers get uh, their great case for infant baptism from these verses because of Jesus' not only allowance but acceptance of a child's faith. Now, those verses, these verses, in my understanding, do not have anything to do with infant baptism, and there is not a good case from the Bible for it. But that's not what this is about. Others look at this passage and they find subjective attributes of children uh, innocence, spontaneity, entitlement, humility. Whatever it is, it's something that you consider childlike. And usually it's the virtues, not the vices, that someone looking at this passage will say, well, that's why we all need to you know, stay, stay innocent. Or that's why we need to you know, be, I don't know, spontaneous like a child. But children themselves are the focus of this passage, not their virtues. And whatever the conception of children that we have in our society or or that you have growing up, you have to take the biblical conception of children, the world in which Jesus lived. Because our conception of children, whether you think of them as innocent or cute or germy or inconvenient or whatever, or you have tenderness towards children or compassion towards children. Lots of people in our society feel that way. Politicians kiss babies. Uh, People sponsor orphans and put their picture on the fridge. Uh, At the same time, a society that sees not their vulnerability, but their uh, lack of humanity and murders children in the womb, sees children as less than human. There's all kinds of conceptions in our society about children. In Jesus' society, In the Greco-Roman world, we found a letter from uh, the first century B.C. from a soldier named Hilarius, uh, ironically enough, uh, writing to his wife, and she was expecting. He was out at the front of the battle with with the soldiers, and he wrote her in this letter that was preserved over time. He said, "If if it's a son, keep him. If it's a daughter, cast her out. That's the conception that was in the world of of Jesus' time. Now, the Jewish people didn't believe that way. They valued children, but their conception of children wasn't even close to what Jesus is doing here because they favored boys over girls significantly. Uh, They preserved the family name. They added to the workforce. In Jewish society, children were seen as a gift from the Lord, but they were certainly lower caste citizens. And really, it was their 12th birthday where things began to take them seriously. No one in Jesus' world believed like Jesus. No one loved children like Jesus did. No one welcomed children and honored children like Jesus welcomed and honored children. Babies were precious to Jesus. 
And that's what we see in this passage. There's three truths I want to share with you in just a few minutes. We'll spend a minute on each one. But I think are critical in this passage if you are going to maintain your childlike nature in your college years in the most important and spiritually profound way. So let's look at this passage just briefly. Verse 13, I want to warn you first about the danger of spiritual elitism, the danger of spiritual elitism, of thinking you're more mature than you are. Look at verse 13. When they were bringing children to him, uh, probably the parents, the older siblings, a mom with a baby on her hip, lots of crowds of people or the context are coming to Jesus. He's just been teaching his disciples in the house, and now people are bringing little children. Uh, Likely, this is a word for children under 12, but in Matthew's account, he uses the word for babies. So the emphasis here is probably very portable children, little children, children that you could lift. And so they're coming and bringing them to Jesus so that he might touch them. There's a rich heritage of a blessing by way of hands in the Old Testament. In the book of Genesis, uh, Ephraim and Manasseh are blessed by Israel, uh, also 12 siblings there. And in that story, he lays his hands on those kids to confer a blessing. And that was a rich tradition in Judaism. People wanted Jesus to meet their children and touch their children and pray for their children and hold their children and tell their children, tell the parents, these really are the cutest kids that I've ever seen. So Jesus would do that for these crowds of people and the disciples saw it as a waste of time. We don't know all their intentions because the text simply says the disciples rebuked. A strong word used for demons in chapter 1 and 3 and 9 so far. A strong word used for the opponents of God. A word that Jesus himself used to censure Peter when he was acting in Satan's interests instead of God. The disciples put on their strongest possible language and told these kids and told these parents that Jesus does not have time for you. This attitude of spiritual elitism, of misunderstanding what maturity really looks like, has been the disciples' modus operandi. That's Latin for the way things were. Mark chapter 9, verse 38, Jesus is is coming off the mountain, and John, his disciple, says, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. Followers of Jesus, sadly, have always had a tendency to want to exclude people rather than include them. Those who are not exactly like them, those who do not have the same standards that they have, this exclusivism and elitism is something that marks the immaturity of the disciples who think they're smarter than they are, who think they're wiser than they are. There's a lot of college freshmen who share this with the disciples, and it's not a good quality a lack of teachability, a lack of entreatability, a lack of approachability, a lack of humility that thinks that your way is the only way. These disciples are rebuking children because in their assessment, their wrong assessment, they're a waste of Jesus's time. And Jesus stands up for them. So first point, there's a danger of spiritual elitism. Second point, Jesus loves children. Jesus loves children and the child like. 
Jesus defends them. It says in verse 14, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant, a really strong word for anger that's being expressed. This isn't just internal. Jesus was bugged at them. Jesus let them know exactly what he thought of their separating children from him, of their shutting down these eager parents. He was indignant. He was angry. His nostrils flared and he spoke against them. And this is what he said, permit, allow the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus welcomes the children because Jesus had a particular love of children. And though the disciples thought they're the only ones who should have access to Jesus, and they're the only ones who should be able to rebuke demons in Jesus' name, Jesus was showing them that his kingdom was doors wide open. It was inclusive of all those who would come to Jesus. He would welcome them. He was not shutting the doors. He was not evaluating the worthiness of those coming. Instead, he welcomed them in. And though his demands were strong, his arms were wide open open, pillar objects of his love and care. And so who could come to Jesus and use his name? How was Jesus to protect his time and energy? Who is significant enough to be a part of his kingdom? Who could be the object of his sympathy and love and care and welcome? Well, even those in the society who were seen as unworthy and insignificant. The children are welcomed by Jesus. And Jesus says, Not only are they welcome, but those who will make up the kingdom of God, those who will own the kingdom of God, who will participate in the kingdom now and in time to come, will be such as these. And so the question is, is are you childlike? And that doesn't mean, are you a snot-nosed brat? That doesn't mean, are you you not able to beard yet? There's lots of qualities you could think of that are childlike, that are virtues or dangers that come with being a child. But what Jesus identifies is children themselves being the ones that are like those who will belong to the kingdom. Not the supposed qualities that children possess. They're demanding, they're short-tempered, they're selfish, they're childless or cute. Instead, Jesus sees them as the disciples are seeing them. They are smaller. They are insignificant. They are needy. They have no status. They are helpless. In fact, they're being brought to Jesus. There's no sophistication in them. They're not bringing Jesus something of value to him. They're not bringing a resume. They're not bringing some ability to advance Jesus's causes. They're just Jesus sees these kids as they are, as little, as insignificant, as needy, as having no status, but they're doing one thing right. They're being brought to Jesus. They're coming to Jesus. They come towards Jesus and he receives them well. They are dependent on Jesus. And so Jesus says that we ought to be childlike in this way. We should receive the kingdom like a child. 
When you come to Jesus, it's not because you're good enough. It's not because you're holy enough. It's not because you're smart enough or have enough good doctrine. You come to Jesus because of your need. You come to Jesus not because of what you offer him, but because of what he offers you. These children come in simple faith to Jesus in complete dependence on him. And the most significant part is that they come to Jesus because that's the kind of people he wants in his kingdom. People who everybody looks at and says, that's not worthy of the kingdom. That's the kind of people Jesus wants. That's why in the Sermon on the Mount, he says that the poor will receive the kingdom of heaven. The poor. I mean, welcome to LA, everybody. You're going to see the poor. You wander down out of Santa Clarita accidentally one day, and you come on any exit, on any freeway in LA, you will see hobo nation. And your heart will be moved with compassion, I hope, towards these poor, drug-addled, mentally ill individuals that populate the streets of L.A. And I think most of you would think, these folks are not, they're not up to level in society. And you understand why we think that way. They're not following society's rules. They're not acceptable in society's company. They're insignificant. They have no status. They're helpless. See, Jesus says it's those who are poor who will receive his kingdom. That earthly poverty stands in the place of that kind of spiritual reality that looks not at just the possessions you have or don't have, but as the resourceless person we all really are. When you look at someone who lives in abject poverty, it should remind you of your soul. That's who you are. That's why Jesus said the meek will inherit the earth. Those who are lowly, those who think less of themselves. Jesus is calling us all to childlike dependence on him. Kids are not innocent. And they may sometimes be gentle. Other times they can really pull your whiskers out. But what children are is small. And no one sees them as a threat. And no one sees them as the elite of society. And that's the kind of people that Jesus loves. That's the kind of people that Jesus welcomes. That's the kind of people that Jesus saves. And if you don't come in a childlike way, thinking less of yourself and not more of yourself, then you will not enter his kingdom at all. He says it in a double emphatic with two knots in verse 15. Not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. Jesus defends the helpless, vulnerable, weak He eagerly welcomes them into his kingdom as he inaugurates it because it is for them. And then finally, verse 15, he takes these kids in his arms and he begins blessing them and laying his hands on them. You see, those who come to Jesus are aware of the dangerous spiritual elitism. They're aware that Jesus loves the children and the childlike. And third, why do they belong to him? Because they're blessed by him. Again, it's not what you bring. It's what he does when he welcomes you into his family. To receive the kingdom like a child by faith in complete dependence on Jesus, to receive now and enter in the future is to remind you that you need to be like a child. Power, no position, repent and believe the good news that Jesus has brought the kingdom of God to earth 
and sing with us when we say, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace, foul I to this fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. That is a childlike expression of faith and dependence. And that should mark your college years and the rest of your life if you want to be a part of the kingdom of Jesus. Father, thank you for these students and for this word for each one of us. Help us to seek out that childlike faith to seek to follow Jesus, not bringing anything in our hands, not thinking that we have a lot to add or contribute, but we have so much to learn. And when we come to Jesus, we see him arms wide open, not arms crossed, arms wide open, ready to lift us up, ready to welcome us, give our lives significance, give our lives meaning as we find all that we've ever sought in him. God, I pray for these students. Help them to find their place in local churches, to strengthen those churches as they grow in their love for your son. In the Savior's name we pray, amen.